0: rated rated movies movies. i'm matt fisher that's ryan whedon yes that's true i can call you ryan right uh i'd prefer mr whedon okay (laughs) duly noted (laughs) uh and as part of our ever-expanding guest fest uh we have john coons as you might remember from the mother's boy episode oh how could anyone ever (laughs) still haunts my dreams uh this is sort of a spur of the moment episode i feel because uh I feel like you said you were coming in town. I was like, while you're in town, you should come on the podcast. And that was just like a couple days ago. (laughs) Yeah. You were like, you should. Yeah. When you're in town. I was like, so like tomorrow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I listened to the mother's boy episode uh, about a week or so ago. And I was like, sometimes like when we we have like a panel of guests. I'm like, oh, it's sort of nice cuz we can just like ask them a loaded question and they'll just talk amongst themselves for a while mm-hmm. and like they'll do most of the the brunt of the episode. I was like, John does all the heavy lifting by himself. <laughs> so let's get him back like ASAP. Well, the problem is this time you didn't Bait and switch me with like being like, yeah, well, have you wanted to talk about
1: great movies, and then give me that. <laughs> so like, you were like, pick a movie you How like. How dare and I'm you? Like, oh. Mother's Boys is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still dreaming of falling frogs. <laughs> 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 so no, I don't know if I can do it this time because I can't. You like, I I needed a, a good
0: rant. Didn't you read like Thomas Aquinas when you were like 11 or something? You yeah. can deal with existential dread in your sleep. Well, yeah, but I'm at peace with it. So oh. I'm like, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna be
1: at rant with like you know the the misery of the universe i'm mm, like mm,
0: we're like you've already found that sweet middle spot between exactly the two philosophies mm, mm, yeah. well mm. you
1: know i'm more of an alternating current between the oh, two philosophies see, okay.
0: i'm like what time of day is it has <laughs> <laughs> the rose kick in mm. Like we're doing iHeart Huckabees at John's request.
2: What made you pick this movie?
1: So, I actually uh, recently, in between since the last time I was on the podcast, now moved to New York City
2: oh,
1: yeah. and took with me a sleeve of DVDs that I've had forever, uh, including a whole bunch that I got at Goodwill, which I just went through and I was like, what do I even have in here? It's a bunch of stuff I didn't realize that I owned. like drop dead gorgeous and mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, and which so. i hear
0: is hard to come by streaming it, these days
1: it, well i think streaming it just got put on netflix and oh. that's why everybody's going nuts but it was it was impossible for the longest time and nobody could find it on dvd either and I was like, mm-hmm. oh and Dang, that's what uh, you had on your grinder profile like exactly I drop dead exactly i was like drop dead gorgeous no pnp <laughs> <laughs> But I, I had the I Heart Huckabees DVD, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I know this. I like this movie. This was this was cute. I want to see if this still holds up, because I used to really like this. And I just really remembered, like, the score and Lily Tomlin and Isabelle Huppert, mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Just being like, life is meaningless. And
0: I was <laughs> like, oh, well, I like that every day of the week. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I want to see if it held up. Yeah, I haven't seen this since uh, theaters. Same here. So, you yeah. saw it in 2000... the theaters. In the yeah. Yeah, I was a I was a hip kid, so, yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't like it when I saw it in theaters. I didn't either. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? And- I was nervous <laughs> going in today, but I I'll say I I did like it this time around. Well, what didn't you like about it the first time? I think I didn't get it to be honest. And this time around, I put some work in. I, it's it's a good coffee movie. I'll say I had it while I was drinking some coffee. Mm. Um, mm. and I think it works really well. If you don't think of them so much as existential detectives and more as like therapists. Yeah. And I think that the movie is basically just like the therapy journey uh, depicted. So I thought a lot about uh, Russian Doll, where they're also just trying to show like a depiction of how therapy works and how going through it, how it helps. And now it's never done. And it's always a process and blah, 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 blah. I felt like this movie had that. I get that. Also, it seems like in therapy nowadays,
1: it's no longer just like, oh, my mother's a bitch. And yeah. now it's like, life is meaningless. <laughs> why should I keep going with any of this? And so maybe that's why it seems more like therapy this time.
0: Yeah, I remember when I saw it in theaters, I think I just thought it was like really like smug and self-satisfied.
1: So you didn't... You loved it. <laughs> you, <laughs> You're no, like, it hit me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: At the time, I only really liked uh, uh, like visceral, interpersonal dramas. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf For Long Day's oh. Journey f- Tonight? For more information on that, you can listen to Matt Bond's podcast, Sewers of Paris, where I <laughs> dive deep into this very topic. Um... <laughs>
2: so good crossover
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think i just was still in that mindset where like if people didn't like emotionally destroy each other by the end of the film i thought that it was
2: pointless jude law gets emotionally
0: destroyed i was gonna say there there's some destruction in this there is but it's like that like twee early 2000s type of emotional destruction that doesn't actually matter (laughs) like (laughs) It, it It's like a happy ending because, like, the the piece of shit, like, no longer thinks that they're high and mighty. Like, you know, he was, like, riding on his high horse the whole time with his Shania story and things like that. And I'm like, you know, he's brought down by the end of it. So it's like it's a happy ending. He's like a villain in the story.
1: But I don't think you got the right message from this at all. <laughs> <laughs> The whole point is that we are all going through these cycles, Matthew, and yeah. we're. This is a, Everyone is living this universal kind of existence that we're all. Sometimes think, we're high on the horse, and sometimes we're not. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I, we're suckling <laughs> the tit of her. <laughs> oh yeah. that oh, tit Sucking scene. <laughs> or, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the most memorable visual in the
2: whole movie. For sure. I give and I give and I give oh. and he takes and he takes and he takes.
0: Mom. but no i think it's because like i kind of like i watch it and it's like oh everything is connected. I'm like yeah yeah it is and then uh you know isabel hubert is like you know it's all chaos and cruelty and i'm like yeah you're right it is and, yeah uh for some reason it just doesn't seem like there's a big conflict between their two philosophies i'm just like no they're both right i'm on board with both of them
1: life is meaningless can either be like the most liberating thing in the world or it can be like a just you know atlas you know under the weight of the world, mm-hmm. so I, I think I, I I don't know when people ask me like how to describe like my kind of view on like the world and philosophy I say I'm an Anishic, uh, nihilist. It's like I keep forgetting that nothing matters. Oh. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so
2: I do find that nothing matters comforting sometimes. Uh, if I if I if I'm honest with myself, I learned about the cold heat death of the universe a few years ago, mm. and was like, oh god. But then after a while, I was like, oh, but then nothing matters. So uh, I'm definitely having dessert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, nothing matter. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey. oh, oh my this is God. <laughs> well, it's like, uh,
0: who, what? I think it was the libertarian candidate for president in 2016. Sure. Gary, jo- Gary Busey. Johnson. Gary Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> That was the VP. Yeah. We just pause real fast and imagine
2: a Gary Busey uh, for president as a libertarian. <laughs> what, what, probably. <laughs> I was gonna say,
0: would it be that much different from who we have for president mm, now? Yeah. Yes, he would give much better monologues. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he said that like the long view in environmentalism is that the Earth is just going to be consumed by a dying sun anyway. So why do we need to like yeah, worry right. about environmentalism? I'm like, okay. That's the best anti-environmentalism argument. Billion billion years from now, but okay. (laughs) I was like, whereas a go-getter would
1: be like, I think we can get it down to like (laughs) (laughs) half a billion years. Yeah, come on, dream
0: big. Come on, you (laughs) deficit hawks.
1: Which actually going back to this like it's a nice time capsule of a oh department stores were still a thing that were expanding.
0: There's a lot of things about this like we're now getting to that point where like the aughts have a feeling Mm. like you can pinpoint style and technique and Mm -hmm. fashion to uh, the aughts. And this, I'm like, oh, this is that exact type of like deconstructionist twee humor that's like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind or charlie kaufman joints or same
1: uh same soundtrack uh composer yep. john john Brian. Brian, john Brian, yeah john Bryan, yeah love
2: the soundtrack yeah. yeah
0: great soundtrack really good you know any miranda july joints sure, uh, sure, sure. just like all that sort of like twee deconstructionist stuff was like born out of like this time period and it all kind of feels sort of the same this one's not as yeah. like visually arresting to say eternal sunshine yeah and i was um, like 19 so i
1: loved it i was yeah. like this is extremely my shit at 19 yeah. i just left small town Maine and i was in slightly
2: larger town Maine, <laughs> <laughs> so i was like yeah i yeah. gotta yeah i love all that shit though like i love all those movies that you're that you're mentioning now and like i don't know if i just feel like it's bold filmmaking or something but like i don't know it always feels really fresh and different and, and new
0: Miranda July, I sort of have, like, a love-hate relationship with her. But the other two, like, it always felt like it took the subject matter and made it really big. Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
0: it it made it feel like the subject was the world around you. Where I don't quite get that with this one.
2: feels like it's the opposite, where it's taking something that's really big and kind of making it small. Yeah. It
0: takes
1: all of existence and makes it a blanket. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
2: But that's what I liked about it, is that it kind of was, like, exploring it
1: in that that way. And, and I don't know, like, people talk about, like, The Walking Dead being a way of, like exploring like different um government structures Mm. like authoritarianism or democracy or you know kind of tribalism and and kind of like the the pros and cons of each of them and i think this was kind of taking some things like you know transcendentalism or nihilism Mm -hmm. and packaging them in a in a way that was yes, it was smug, but it didn't take itself too seriously. Like it, I mean, there Isabel are funny bears, moments.
2: There... I laughed out loud a couple yeah. times.
0: Yeah. I will say this time I actually didn't find it smug or self satisfied. Like that—that's how I felt on my initial watch. But I didn't get that this time. Well, any movie that has Jason Schwartzman in it has <laughs> Jason Schwartzman the perfect hipster. Like I don't mean yes. necessarily. Like I think he's like the greatest hipster of all time no just, just quintessential yeah, yeah exactly just his stupid haircut his scruff he looks hot in this movie oh, i was thinking no. i was like one i'm not OP. usually hit it yeah. i'm not
2: usually into jason swordsman but like when he's in the bathtub and he's like mm-hmm. oh okay you're like i like people that look like they're about to drown and they're <laughs> are well, blindfolded my drowning fetish is very well documented on this
0: podcast <laughs> so <laughs> no there's there's something about him like i look at him I'm like if he were around today. There'd be chickens in his backyard. He'd be making kombucha. <laughs> but you're and... talking around like he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> if he lived, walked among us today, <laughs> <laughs> if Jason Schwartzman were still with us, <laughs> RIP Jason Schwartzman. Well, what's the last thing he's done? I don't know that like Grand Budapest Hotel. Movie? All right, if Jason Schwartzman were born 20 years later, okay, I would say that he probably has chickens in his backyard and has his like you know tweed you know filtered kombucha or whatever and. Maybe he still has that now. I mean maybe Maybe that's why he doesn't act. That's right. Oh
2: my gosh. (laughs) This
1: is really gonna this is gonna be the next movie that David Russell writes. (laughs) (laughs) Jason Schwartzman (laughs) raising
0: his ferret farm (laughs) in you know (laughs) some overpopulated metropolis.
2: I would try his kombucha. His flavors are probably t- a little bit too conceptual mm. for Spearmint. me. Spearmint. Uh, elderberry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, none of those are fusions. Vetiver. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, it would be like
1: an abstract construct. It would yeah. be like elderberry and longing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's
1: talk, use him as a launching
0: off point to talk about the casting. I think the casting in this is perfect. Uh, they got Jude okay. Law when he was still really hot like he is starting to fade in this
2: movie i would say really yeah this was not my we're, favorite we're pretty fresh off uh talented mr ripley though which was peak watched. hotness oh. for him i also rewatched gattaca recently and i was like oh mm. my god you I had going on in the late 90s yeah yeah but yeah this is he was already starting to fade a little bit like his hairline's starting to creep up and uh I don't yeah know, i wasn't into it this as much uh as
0: well, cause what is it like? He's on like a jet ski or something in like oh. the fantasy realm, oh, yeah. and he's shirtless I'm with like, Naomi Ooh. Watts. Yeah. yeah, I was like, he's just trim and tight, and <laughs> everything was where it should be.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: His accent kind of comes out in this one, though. I feel other movies that I've seen him in, I felt like his American accent was tight, and there was a couple phrases in here. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, it's shining through. But I guess O. Russell kind of lets his players improvise a little bit yeah like, I, I think, think a lot said, of it was yeah. ad-libbed yeah yeah lily said like
1: uh because have you seen the video that's like the fight i haven't seen oh, I've yeah. heard
0: that like dustin hoffman and and O'Russell did not get along oh no
1: this was there was a video between lily tomlin, lily tomlin and, and yeah. david russell and he says like all these like sexist things
2: fuck yourself <sighs> Why did you fuck your whole movie
1: because that's what you're
2: doing. It's funny because it doesn't really come across in the movie that there was like any animosity going on. It seems
1: like everyone's having a very good time actually. Yeah.
2: Or at least it's like really focused and knows what knows well, what they're doing. Lily Tomlin
0: is. and Dustin Hoffman wanted to work together because they were supposed to play Popeye and Olive Oil in Robert Altman's Popeye. And it got like recast like last minute or something like that, and I guess they always had a wild hair to work with one another. And it finally came together on
2: this movie. This was the project. That's great. That's great. I love it. I love that scene where they're walking across the lawn with the sprinklers going off. Yeah. And they're like, oh, damn it. Shit. Yeah.
0: But Lily Tomlin's one of those actresses that, like, really is not in enough things. I feel like she, I don't know, 9 to 5. It's hard to pick a best part of 9 to 5. She's one of the three best parts mm-hmm. of that movie she, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: and and uh, in contention
0: is atta girl <laughs> <know>? <laughs> whoever that woman is i don't know she's got a swagger she's got a charm she's got like like that kind of squint like she's like churning up some scheme yeah mm-hmm. like, she
2: can convey emotions with her face mm-hmm. which is something that uh she like with just a look and not mm-hmm. everyone can do that like we call them actors. Yeah, know. exactly. So, yeah,
1: but, <laughs> but I think um, there's a particular brand of humor and writing that like plays really well to those strengths of hers, um, where she can either say something absurd and sell it as serious, or mm-hmm. she can just look at you and you're like, "Wait a minute. Wait, what's going on? What is this? Am I supposed to take this seriously? Yeah. Am I not supposed to take this seriously?" That I think plays really
0: well in this movie. Quick side note: I've noticed, uh, upon listening to all our past episodes, we bring up wigs a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there's a wig and in this movie we we like definitely comment on like harsh wig lines and things like that like <laughs> disproportionately to other movie podcasts <laughs>
2: I listen to how many Nicole Kidman movies have you watched over <laughs> the <laughs> Well, Dustin Hoffman's wig—I almost took a note on it this, for this movie, but I was like, no, I'm not going to take a note on a wig. It's good. It's at, yeah. At it's first, great. it threw me off at first, but then you get used to it. Like it didn't—it wasn't distracting, which was good. And I think he kind of like leans into the kind of bouncy head. Yeah, weird mm, yeah. weirdness of it. So like, it didn't overpower him like in the trip. So. <laughs> well, I, I think it—it's there's a lot of little fun touches
1: that kind of bring out. Either absurd qualities or like that kind of sense of humor about how seriously we are or not supposed to take these characters. Like when he, there's this giant blackboard of just like, squares. you know, chalk squares about yeah. like kind of showing like how we're all connected and the pieces in between. He's and-
0: introduced by like. Scraping dirt off his desk. Yes, yes. yes. Which what is, is that? great. No, it doesn't, it matter. doesn't yeah, matter. it doesn't matter. It's just so we're all connected.
1: Yeah. Um, but I love that he turns around and his whole jacket is just yep. covered in this, these chalk, chalk marks. squares. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, I like that he uses a blanket t- to do his uh, his theory because it's also like he represents like the warm, fuzzy version of everything. Mm-hmm. And like you know, what's more warm and fuzzy than a blanket? Say this blanket represents all the matter and energy in, in the universe. Okay, you, me, everything. Nothing has been left out. All right, all the particles, everything. What's outside this blanket? More blankets. That's the point.
1: You know, I I just realized now that you said this. The 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 dirt that he is he's you know brushing off is really the mud later that gets rubbed oh. all the way up oh. into oh, why not? his belly bears. Yeah, couch. why not? So yeah. Yeah. It's all connected. Did you guys notice that
0: uh Isabel Hubert did not shave her legs? I did. Yeah. I did she's not. like lotioning up her legs. She's and, and she's
1: staring right at him like oh, oh. see me?
0: Yeah, uh well, because this the sex scene between her and, and Schwartzman Which is amazing. <laughs> it's one of my favorite sex it scenes. It didn't dawn on me at first because like his legs were so hairy that like her hairy legs, like it just sort of blended together. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until later when she was like lotioning them up. I'm like, Oh, yeah, there's hair everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but that fits into her character really well. Yes. But mm-hmm. like nothing matters characteristic. I'm like, oh yeah. If you thought that it was all pointless, why would you shave your legs?
2: Yeah. Like, Another actress who can just do a look. I like I really like the look when uh Jason Schwartzman's getting into the her car for the first time. Mm-hmm. She just kind of wistfully looks to the <laughs> You're left. doing it right now now. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> it's so good. <laughs>
1: And she can do humor real well too. There's one part where she takes a Polaroid and she's like shaking it, and the way she like flicks it behind her, <laughs> like it's it's such good physical comedy, and that's not what you think of for her. No, no, no. And and it's just a really subtle thing. And I like went back and rewatched just that little bit because I've seen the movie enough times now that it's it's about savoring those little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just this great little physical like I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> and and I'm just like, can you just do everything in my life with whatever panache that you do it? Because
2: the whole sex scene that is like physical comedy. The really. muddy mud. Yeah, the mud stuff. Just is like full stuff. That's her. She's putting her face in that water. Yeah. <laughs> and then they make out. they yeah, they, yeah. they, they, make they
1: out. dunk each other's faces in muddy water. Oh Their God. faces are covered. They start making out and then that before after he like takes the mud and like rubs it I all up think, her leg the and then rubs it first yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah
0: yeah cause I was thinking about that I was like yeah it's fake muddy water like no one's saying that like they actually just like they found dug a, a hole they and, found yeah, them, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was like still like even if it's like chocolate water like the idea of like it's getting gross. like your hair in it like <laughs> and then like making out with someone i'm like well it's, it's jason schwartzman it's so. the least yeah you,
1: you'd be making out with jason schwartzman in this so
0: who's supposedly 21 in this movie is that it yeah well someone like looks yeah. at him and says like you're probably 21 mm, yeah uh i don't know i'll look it up real quick you guys talk amongst yourselves Jason Schwartzman was 23 when the movie was released. Okay. So he was probably 22 when it was filmed. Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it already had his master's
1: in hipsterology. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I just, I, I think to Jason Schwartzman and I wonder if he just capitalized on like a budding hipster culture or if it somehow stems from a lot of like the movie roles that he was in, like, mm. you know, uh, from around this time, this Rushmore and whether that just, like, influenced hipster culture and he just happened to be, like, in it, or if he just saw the crest coming and, and knew.
1: Well, this is the question, like, would there have been a Mozart anyway? What? Because of, like, all, you know, does does the community raise up yeah. a genius or does the genius, you know, steer the community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, I can't tell with, with <laughs> no. um, yeah.
0: But, yeah, because it's just he so many, like, the hipster stereotypes he just hits on the head so well.
2: We haven't even talked about uh, Mark Wahlberg yet, who is my favorite actor, really? I think, in this movie. He he's good. nails it. I, every time he's on screen, I love it. Because he's got like this mix of anger and confusion and uh, exasperation at the whole mm-hmm. experience. But he knows one thing for sure is that oil is bad. Yes. And he right. sticks <laughs> with that. He's like... I don't know anything else, but fuck oil.
0: It's important. I mean, I see it
2: so clearly. Yeah. You use petroleum, you're a murderer. That's right. a fact. He really embodies that character in the best way.
1: And he has some really good scenes where you can see him making up his mind on anybody he meets, and he like has like five seconds to decide whether he like likes these people or like thinks they should burn in hell. <laughs> and and there's no middle ground. And he does a really yeah. good job of like seeing it in the face. Like when he when he finds out Jason Schwartzman's character like doesn't drive but like rides a bike, you see just this. The
2: softening. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's oh. actually really well done. Yeah. I love him in this movie. This is his best performance I've ever seen, I think.
0: Oh, okay. I'm not a big Wahlberg fan. And I don't know. He, he was okay. I, I, out of all the characters in the movie, I think I identified most with his girlfriend or wife. Who's <laughs> <laughs> like, their shoes just come from the store. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, there was something about like the first scene with him in it where she's just like yelling at him about stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm on
2: your side. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I was totally on his side. Oh, really? it's like, you know, there's just so many things you're supposed to be mad about and like taking care of all the time. And it's like, who can live this way? Mm -hmm. Like, I get that frustration of being like, I know I shouldn't be buying bottled water, but I'm fucking thirsty. And like, there's nothing else around. And like, I just need to I just need this. I'm sorry I'm adding plastic to some whale somewhere.
1: So, you identify with the straight white male who's like suddenly having a crisis out of nowhere and like forsakes all of his responsibilities and basically loses his job while his wife is left to like raise the kid and actually deal with real life as yeah. it is like yeah, yeah, that's a strong he finds love though. <laughs> He does <laughs> a lovely smoke filled bonneted mm-hmm, um, <laughs> Naomi Watts. Uh, which who's also, also Watts. very good in this yeah, movie.. she's hilarious.
0: I was thinking oddly enough about Mulholland Drive and how like she has to like switch gears in that role. Like, you know, she has to play like the naive, idyllic sort of Hollywood starlet and then she has to play like the bitter, angry woman in the second half. And I kind of feel like the same thing here. Like she seems perfectly happy to play the spokesperson for Huckabees. Oh, say, can you see how good this looks? Until, like, just a sliver of, like, alternative thinking comes into her mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it
2: just, like, uh, uh, the floodgates are open after that. <laughs> She's wearing a bonnet and overalls yeah. from now on. But I like that they don't make her too deep. And they're like, uh, yeah. you know, people have their, like,
1: person in a tree who's supposed to give them good feelings, and <laughs> hers is the Dixie Chicks. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> And you're just like,
0: great, Yeah. <laughs> I love that well yeah like tying this to you know the early aughts it's like Dixie Chicks and Shania Twain oh like my brought God. up so, and then of course makes an appearance Shania, Shania. Brad, do you realize when they well, destroy the West, no, the exp- average let me temperature of the marsh rises five degrees, oh, well, and the entire food chain me is degraded? No, I'm starting so- with the frogs.
1: Well, let me explain. Wasn't she a guest judge on Drag Race, and then said some things? Oh, was she? Yeah, oh. I think she got problematic for a second. People were like, "We want
2: to cancel you, but we still sing along oh, to oh, with yeah, karaoke." She, she said. Yeah, she said like, "I want to, v- I, I would have voted for Trump or something." That's like, yeah. you're Canadian. Who cares oh, what you think? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Mind your own business. <laughs> Go get your milk in a bag and <laughs> spend some loonies. Um, however, Naomi Watts does get the single best line in
1: the
0: whole movie. Fuck a bee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck a bee. Wow. She delivers that line like it's her only chance. Like, <laughs> I'm getting one take uh, on yeah. this. I'll yeah. never be able to say this again. I gotta. I gotta make it work. <laughs> I mean, I love Naomi Watts in general. I heard for. Uh, the Twin Peaks reboot where she plays Kyle McLaughlin's husband and he's like dunced up for a little while. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin was talking about it. He's like, I, like I'd like i be in a scene and my one line would be coffee and she'd have just six pages of dialogue <laughs> and she'd just come to set with the whole six pages memorized, ready to go. Yeah. She was such a professional. I'm like, oh, I like that about her. She's like, a pro. Not only is she a
2: good actress, but like she
0: comes to set ready to work.
2: We haven't even talked about like, the content of the movie yet not so much We're you wanna about, well no I was hoping you could introduce that <laughs> well it's
1: kind of like I think it is kind of a twee magnolia in its own kind of way okay. uh, in that it's it's kind of like looking at the way these different lives intersect and it takes a young person having a crisis and then makes them ask kind of the questions a lot of us start asking for the first time between like 18 and 23. In the way that we usually do in like a before sunrise kind of way, where we think we're deep, and this like knows that it's not deep, but then takes people who are supposed to be these kind of figures that have a little more knowledge of the existential, who then both kind of say, "Yes, you you are completely right in pursuing this," you know, line of why why does a coincidence matter? He has these this coincidence. That's what it starts he, off with, yeah. right? He there's this guy he sees three times, the doorman. And uh, he tries to find out if his coincidence is meaningful. And um, it kind of just follows random people from there and a couple different random philosophies from there. And it kind of culminates in a very nice packaged way at the end. But I think it appealed to me because I was like that kind of age and starting to ask some questions beyond just like the, instead of just going through day-to-day life, you start asking, well, what do I want out of life? And then if you go, well, what do I want out of life? Then you have to think something in life has to have a purpose. And then Mm -hmm. how far do you run with it? And you can run with it in either a very bleak way, like actually a lot of movies have explored the same exact material just in a really bleak way. But like, I like that it doesn't take itself seriously and yet is talking about the big questions. Yeah,
2: I like that too. It covers a lot of ground in the hour 40 that you're watching in it. Yeah, because it still manages to tell like a whole ensemble
1: storyline while telling two competing philosophies
0: and what i kind of like about like the moral of the movie is like for all their high thinking like is anyone's life actually any better it's like yeah it's it's fine to like go through like actually have these thought processes but like like in the end like will you get more out of life if you adhere to these like philosophical dogmas like you kind of do just need to like face reality and find like what makes you happy and like Go forward with it,
1: right? But first of it is you have to figure out what does make you happy. Yeah, because like you, you end up with people like Naomi Watts' character and mm-hmm. you know, um, Tommy Corn, <laughs> um, who end up finding probably a partner that they were more compatible with in the first place. Mm-hmm. You have Jason character kind of question why he's doing what he's doing and in the end he's like no i am justified in you know trying to do this, this.
0: He, he he's also sort of exposed for like the lies that he tells like, sure. even to himself like saying that he'd never been to that restaurant before like what good did that do anyone mm-hmm. like mm. but he was or, or like going to like the the uh photo hut place yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah, and, and it's like shottingers yeah and it's like he's lying to like lily tomlin about like what he was doing there either at the restaurant or the photo place and going through all that kind of like you know exposed his lies and like they were meaningless lies but it was just like maybe face saving lies a little bit but once he was like forced to confront them like maybe he did come out a little better on the on the other side
2: that's what i mean when it's like therapy too is like they point out these things that people are doing and from there they're able to like move forward in a better, more productive direction, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: well, I think one kind of thread that runs through everybody is they all kind of have some kind of performative identity, Uh, whether it's like being like the face of Huckabees or it's, you know, telling the same Shania Twain story over and over and over, Mm -hmm. or this, even the the poet, the deep angsty poet that he's trying to like play as himself. Uh, Yeah, good point. Or the nihilist, or like the, we are overly optimistic in our transcendentalism. They're all... Like going through some kind of performative identity, and when they kind of break past it, they do kind of come out better. And also, anytime you break out of habit, uh, or mm. or any kind of any character who does that seems to come out better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I mean, once Jude Law's character breaks out of his habit, he like breaks down. <laughs> like- <laughs> but then he has nowhere to go but up. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. he realized that like he wasn't really like happy with the life that he was living. It was just.
2: And admitting that must have been really hard because if you've been building your life and telling that same t- chicken salad story forever, like, that's got to suck.
1: Shania hates mayo, all right? And she can't eat chicken salad. That's no. no joke,
2: right?
1: We gave it to her once. She threw up in the limo.
2: It's like she the lady hates the chicken line.
1: salad. It does lead to another one of my favorite lines in the movie, which is... <laughs> no, I- <laughs>
2: No one spits up like Jude Law. <laughs> His agent's like, "Hey Jude, I've got a great script here. There's a spit up scene and everything." Oh, I'm so sick of doing those spit up scenes. But who else could do it? You're the <laughs> only one. All right, for the will do it for, for the, the for the
1: craft. <laughs> for my fans. <laughs> I just wonder about like who did sound design for that. You know, like <laughs> oh, gross. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> this is a much better <laughs> thing that should be highlighted in the movie. But I really like the, the line, um, how, am I not how am I not myself?
2: How am I not myself?
1: There are actually a couple lines from this that I actually use. It, I, I found, I, I quote, and it's like, fuckabees, how am I not myself? And you rock, rock. <laughs> <laughs> like, whenever I find anything uh. too full of itself or pretentious or on the nose, or I'm just like, you rock rock
2: the poetry i think is like is, is a um a symbol too uh but i i do think that his poetry sucks so i, yeah, see, oh, I, it's can, so I bad. can see why like when he started to read it everyone just started talking and, and being like oh my god boo get to the pictures <laughs> like i get that but so like that's another thing that keeps coming into this is like there's uh oh this is something that, like made me think about therapy a lot was like there's work to be done but we keep getting distracted by capitalism <laughs> you and your anti-capitalism <laughs> i am a little anti-capitalist i'm realizing
1: well this is and this is a certain brand and time capsule of anti-capitalism yeah. this movie it is like this kind of how 2000... H-
0: is is almost assuredly a uh, uh uh what do they keep saying in this They're an everything store everything star yeah this would have like gone the way of circuit city <laughs> like after oh. Oh, the yeah. recession like sure. absolutely this like 100p would have like gone away and rightfully so right well yeah it's like absolutely a stereotype of like your soulless faceless corporations mm-hmm. like they even change the face of the spokesperson They're, Like right. you're the voice of huckabees but yeah they
2: change out who's actually going to be in the commercials. And Jude Law is transparent about the fact that he's like, look,
1: I'm not going to bullshit you, right? I mean, part of this is we took a beating in the press for all our growth, opening so many stores in such a short time. So if we work with you and
2: your open spaces coalition, is that that going to help the Huckabee's image? Yes. There's also the element of like, we live in a capitalist world, right? So, and like, there is a certain amount of existential dread in that, where it's like, oh, I wish we lived in something else, but you can't change that. Like, Mar- uh, Marky Mark does talks about that a little bit. Like his right, own <laughs> dead name him. All right, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Mark Wahlberg has a kind of that feel in his character. Yeah, he said I,
1: he's like, I hate petroleum, but there's no way I can stop its use in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. am I even
2: gonna? Am I even making a difference? Like, I. I relate to that a lot too, where you're just like, oh, the system is so big and like... One just...
1: podcast at a time. <laughs> right. Feels... So, so what is it like to watch this like now as opposed to 2004 when it seems like, I'm, I am I think we're far more fucked when it comes to climate change. Like oh, yeah. the, the, the The general feeling. Like in 2004, we we're like, oh, this is the thing we need to take care of. And now we're just like, nope, we're fucked. Okay. Yeah, it's, now, it's, now, it's, now we're like, yeah, we're crossing yeah, that line. Game <laughs> over, man. Game over. <laughs> Watching it now, I'm much more okay with, like, existential dread. We're, like, best buds. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank yeah, yeah, God yeah. that we're all going to die someday.
2: <laughs> um, and, that comforts me, too. Right? <laughs> Especially now that I live in New York. I'm just like, oh. All those
0: nude selfies that I sent don't matter. It in the doesn't world. matter.
1: <laughs> it's a. It, I feel like we've entered another weird phase of existentialism just with modern life. I, I think this the same big questions are still always going to be asked, but right now there is a kind of universal existential dread that if you went up to like a random stranger on the street and you're like, are you okay today? <laughs> they'd be like, maybe they think you're a little weird, but they'd also understand why you were asking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think we're going through like a different type of existential dread. Cause I think we've like, you know, as we as like privileged white Americans are like finding out, it's like things can go South pretty quickly. And it's like, even for us. yeah. <laughs> and like, Ooh. we're, we're finally coming to terms of, like, Oh, things can get weird real quick if you're like not watching it so it's like we're we're all like walking around with this like sense of dread in us is like you know is this the new normal is this like a sign of things to come mm. like is this just how things are going to be now at least that's the dread that i walk around <laughs> right with. Mm-hmm. we're five
1: years from the water wars you know <laughs> yeah <out>. yeah <laughs> we should be watching a lot more dystopic movies really but as uh, how-to guides being like oh, taking notes here <laughs> that's a really nice shield that you've made out of those bones
0: right? <laughs> yeah. but it, it, it's it makes me sort of think that like my previous anxieties were slight and insignificant. Mm. So, watching this
1: movie, do you think that you, like, kind of look at this certain brand of existential and you're like, oh, how quaint.
0: Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's cute. I mean, it's like when you know you hang around like a 21 year old and they have 21 year old problems you're like oh honey
2: like <laughs> give it time yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's just gonna get worse
1: <laughs> so what you're really saying is that you need a more bleak kind of tweet nowadays
0: i need like the real hard like life-ruining bleakness like what does Jason Schwartzman go to like get like existentially detected? Like his coincidence, like of like running into the Somalian man three times. Yeah. Like that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what you're going to spend your money on.
2: I felt like that was just a front for him to like, an excuse, like, just yeah, to, like because yeah. he fools himself. Like we talked about earlier, when he, how he kind of like all, does all these lies. Like this is just a lie for himself to, mm-hmm. to get in the door.
1: Well, also anyone who's ever worked in a nonprofit at age twenty is probably being like, oh god,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like does it even matter? I'm making twenty thousand dollars a year and working a hundred and ten hours a week.
2: <laughs> this is what it means to do what you love. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs>
0: if there is like a satisfied moment in here, I think it's like the. uh Because, like, Jason Schwartzman's, like, so young, Mm -hmm. and he kind of, like, shows up his teachers as, like, the climax or the finale of the movie, like, telling, like, both Lily Tomlin and Dustin Hoffman and Isabella Hubert that they're both wrong. Right. But, like, neither of you have a right, and it's, like, this young upstart telling like, three aged people, they have it all wrong. Like, they don't don't know really, like, the big picture of it all.
2: And he's right, and they admit that, too. Yeah. They're like, yeah. We learned something from you, whippersnapper.
0: Well, you guys want to talk about my favorite scene in the movie?
2: Well, that depends mm. on what your favorite
0: scene is. Uh, the dinner scene at the the of Catholic families. That, <laughs> that they're not Catholic. They are clearly Protestant. Okay. Oh, whatever, clearly, whatever. are I love Protestant. it too. Love the minutia it too. of religions <laughs> means nothing to me.
1: Uh, in America, at the 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 commentary that is kind of being made in this is at a particular oh. brand of evangelical.
2: But like the I hate
0: tension <laughs> that gets ramped up. So quickly.
2: Oh, I love it. <laughs> Sounds like we got a philosopher.
0: Philosopher, we yeah. are. <laughs> we don't have to ask those kinds of questions do mom. No, honey.
2: Okay, all religions are cults. I've already gone off on this rant before and it's mm. like it's so true. Like if like if you are some organization is telling you just stop asking questions after a while. Yeah. That's but, bad. That's bad
1: But she I I would I want to rewatch that scene actually because at the time I was still coming out of fundamentalist Christianity when I okay. first was okay. watching okay. this. Yeah. But she doesn't poo-poo them. Like he he kind of like it oh, looks like we got a philosopher on our hands. <laughs> yeah. But she's kind of like, no, sometimes you have additional questions that even like maybe your your pastor can't answer and like philosophers are a thing. She seems pretty like, okay, all right. Um The mom you're talking about? Yeah, the mom. Okay. Yeah. But like, Jean, Jean Smart, um, <laughs> yeah, designing women fame. Uh, <laughs> uh but I think I think it does show how much I don't think they're like crazy fundamentalists i think that no. there are no
2: but when religious people are confronted with uh you know, Actual questions, questions yeah. That they like shut like,
1: down like that, or, or like if you go to a, like a pastor, this is like this is why I think that you'd be a perfect candidate for the seminary. Mm. I got that so much growing up. I got the same
0: thing going. with Amway.
1: <laughs> oh, Do you have
0: we talked about Amway? Did I tell you <laughs> that
1: my parents were in Amway? Oh no, Whoa, like, no. I got approached Lord. like
0: several times that like people were like you'd be an ideal candidate to be a salesperson and manager at Amway.
1: I mean, to be fair, you would. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was it was while i was uh working at the record store and i would always like help somebody like find something and then after i was done uh, a person like a well dressed person would come up Just and appear, like approach I know, me like yeah. it's about Huber. yeah and like like asking like yeah i have a job opportunity for you if you want to like meet at the starbucks like on your break or something wow and, yeah it happened twice uh
1: by the way do you know who all that amway money goes to uh,
0: Betsy DeVos.
1: Betsy DeVos. Well, her husband. Fuck. Yeah, yep, she married Everything into the founding fucked. family of amway yeah no i, I didn't know for those that. of you who are interested in my artistic pursuits outside of this podcast <laughs> i've written a whole play about the entire thing oh, really true story wow. really true story
0: <gasps> that's fun
1: it is because I... amway is the devil and my parents did it in central maine in oh, 1994 wow. the same year that the mill closed this is this americana for you you want to talk about like you know the change the of the Ameri- mill closed. the mill closed and a sixth Wait, your of... father, like, Willie Loman or <laughs> no, something? No, no, no. <laughs> but here's the deal. Listen, this is a sixth of the town lost their jobs.
2: Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so. And,
1: like, you have this, like, weird brand of, like, religious fundamentalism, like, also tied in with this, like, economic desperation. Yeah. And you get this kind of plunge books. into yeah. everything. Oh, right. No. Into Amway. And so... I mean, talk about desperation and existential motivations. Uh, If
0: you get that, if that play ever gets staged, like, let me know. Like, I will travel (laughs) to New York to see it. Okay. I also think it'd be good because, like, I think a lot of people
2: don't really understand what Amway is. No. I just, I got to say, I, for years, uh, I worked at a uh, recording studio and would do basically editing on essentially podcasts for people who were promoting amway and i didn't realize it until several years in
1: you were enabling the devil i was and i didn't know it see how interconnected everything is i think you're pulling me over to the isabel hubert side right now (laughs) because it's like you see how everything is interconnected but it's all about misery Mm -hmm. suffering you know you
2: what's what's her business card say like, oh, it's, uh, oh like sh- pain suffering meaningless, or- meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meaninglessness and the way she
0: says it it's so good i just want that to
1: be my ringtone meaninglessness
2: you have to have a french person for that role like you just have to and you have to have like her <laughs> yeah like
1: it, it there's a certain flavor of french if you person. can't get jean paul
2: sartre then <laughs> like she's close enough <laughs> um but to he go wouldn't back have to- been sassy enough
0: yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> to go back to the dinner scene. Uh, as much as I hate agreeing with you, Ryan, the sort of a uh, uh, almost dogmatic adherence to capitalism is more apparent than like their like fundamentalism mm. towards whatever religion they prescribe to. Uh, Richard Jenkins is uh, in an uncredited role as the dad here, but just like how he feels that uh what open spaces is trying to do is socialism right Mm -hmm. oh boy Mm -hmm. that rings true you're talking about socialism
1: no i'm not i'm talking about not covering every square inch of populated america with houses and strip malls until you can't even remember what happens when you stand in a meadow at dusk it's actually his one like rational i take you seriously moment in the film jason schwartzman his like one scene where i'm like i'm actually like you're not ridiculous like you are saying something that is actually just I Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, And it was really interesting to see how in a scene where they could have blown up and and satirized both sides, they actually give him his most grounded moment Mm -hmm. kind of philosophically.
2: Well, uh, and it's also the time when he figures out that like, oh, his coincidences with this guy aren't meaningful. Like, it just turns out that like this is just random occurrences and like this is actually at my core what I believe. like. Mm i can you know if you want you could say that those three meetings meant that he would brought him here so he could find that but like also like who cares <laughs> <laughs> i believe in this urban planning shit this is me you know that's my core so. but
0: yeah it's like you, you can see like the 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 capitalist fear of socialism there yeah like, and you can also like sympathize with jason schwartzman almost immediately like yeah it doesn't take that much planning to like both preserve like you know wildlife habitats, and like continued development for like a, a community that needs it. Mm-hmm.
1: Any of these conversations, all you have to do is say like one buzzword, and on both sides, like you're just gonna go to ten. You're just
0: like, I mm-hmm. see
1: where you are coming from. Yeah. I'm prepared for this. You know, draw <laughs> knives. You know, uh, so I mean, the minute that I think if this was remade today the minute that they just called him socialism. Mm-hmm. Boof, yeah. You know? Although he does kind of go there. He's like, you know, who was a socialist? You know, FDR was a socialist. Yeah. Thoreau right. was a socialist. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know? So I, uh, do you think this film could be made today? And yeah. if so, what would, yeah. what would, what would, be, what would be different about it? Like in a, if Greta Gerwig <laughs> <laughs> decided she was going to make this film, and it was... Uh, well, you be know, a female sure, lead. It'd be Saoirse Roman. Sure, yeah. yeah. It would be Saoirse <laughs> sure Roman in the Jason Schwartzman uh-huh, role. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. uh, so what was your favorite and least favorite aspect of this movie?
0: I felt it was a little muted visually. That I mean, that was definitely my least favorite part. Because I'm watching it and my mind is going to Eternal Sunshine and mm. being John Malkovich and mm. me and you and everybody we know... And I feel like this is the least visual of all those types of movies.
1: It has a couple moments, like it, whenever it's, it's its they moments. they they put Jason Schwartzman in a bag to deconstruct his everyday reality. Yeah. Hey man, how's it going? You're an asshole.
0: We will fucking destroy you, Deary.
1: Got Shaquille
0: <laughs> O'Neal. <not that> <laughs> I got I mean, all that that's fine and dandy, but. I still feel like this movie takes place decidedly in our world mm. where those other movies I feel take place in a world all to themselves. Mm. And I think that's like the the uh the snag that I hit is that it just kind of feels like they threw in some visual flourishes into an otherwise normal world mm. where in other movies it feels a little bit more organic and believable almost the thing that i keep thinking back to is the scene at the beach house in eternal sunshine like near the yeah. end it feels so believable like i f- it feels like that's the real house that he was at like his perception his memory is colliding with reality at that point and i never quite get that here like there are flourishes, but it never really takes that leap into it. But does that's, David Russell
1: do that?
2: Well, that's the thing. Nah, is like that's actually so. the thing I like about this movie is that it feels so self-contained, like it is its own little world. Okay, the ideas in it carry on, but I don't think anything else from it does. Mm. And before that, drove me nuts when it, the first time I saw it, it. Really, I I didn't like that about it because then, you know, like I said before, I was like, "What are their lives? What are these existential detectives' lives outside of this?" Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But like now. I don't care. Like I'm much more interested in the ideas that this movie presents mm. than actually trying to figure out the world that it's in. It's just its own little thing. So, I what mean, would you
1: do differently?
0: Uh,
2: have it directed by someone else. Uh, well, who, <laughs> yeah, no, who would you have direct this? Um, would you double down on
1: like the modern twee and have Greta Gerwig do it, or like?
0: I feel like I would just have someone who actually like takes pleasure in deconstruction going mm. for it, rather than have David O. Russell, who. Mm, I feel like right now David O. Russell's stock is low, and it's a little artificially low. A little like I liked uh, uh, the Fighter, and I liked Three Kings a lot.
2: So what you're saying is buy David O. Russell stock now because <laughs> it's only going to go up.
0: I don't know.
1: I feel like he hasn't had fun in a movie since this.
0: Full disclosure: I haven't seen American
2: Hustle. It's not. I wanted to be fun. That movie. I liked. It. I really wanted
1: I... it to be fun, and I feel like there was
2: nothing about it that was it was fine i mean like lots of wigs <laughs> so just be prepared so for five the wigs stars on Ryan's room. <laughs> yeah it's just yeah
0: i feel like i would just try and search out someone more akin to you know your your michelle gondry's or your spike Joneses mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. to have a little bit more fun with it because i i just part of me feels that oh russell was like commissioned to write a a a tweed deconstructionist movie and he mm-hmm. did it and he mm-hmm. like he did it serviceably but that that wasn't necessarily where his heart was at
2: gotcha mm-hmm. my biggest problem is that these aren't really characters so much as like
0: mouthpieces for the type of yeah philosophy or that, mindset that that
2: frustrates me sometimes like naomi watts character is one that really jumps to mind where it's just like oh she's just so Two-dimensional.
1: I do feel like the actors that they brought in do kind of compensate for that.
2: They do a great job. I, they, no, yeah. they, they the, the strength them out in of this way movie that, yeah. is that the acting and this casting has, is amazing. Yeah, some yeah. of the
0: best performances, best casting, coupled with best performances. Because
1: like, I feel like all those characters could be far more two-dimensional, but you get Lily Tomlin talking about. There's this scene I did not see the first couple times I saw this where. They, uh, it's mancala hour and and everything has gone to shit because marky mark is making a distraction mm-hmm. and you have like these random monologues that are all overlapping that you can't hear and lily Talman's is just talking about the reptiles gnashing <laughs> right, yeah. gnashing their teeth <laughs> um, um, and like it's just I, I just feel like yes say they are archetypes or just kind of you know placeholders for actual three-dimensional characters I think because the casting is so good, I go with it. Yeah.
2: Me too, I totally do. But like, it, it's that's the only thing. Now, I if would you were say. to ask
0: me what's Lily Tomlin's best role, I would probably say this movie. Mm. Like, I think this is probably her best like movie role. The only thing that I think I like her more in is potentially uh, her stint as like the uh, secretary in West Wing, uh, which isn't terribly far removed from this. Like the way that like she pulls up the coincidences book is oddly similar to the way uh, she like holds up a memo in front of josh lyman in the west wing she's like the email which is exactly this long by the way in case as a boy you had some sort of frightening experience with balzac and that's why you didn't read it and i'm just like oh it's the same delivery but it's so good it's winning delivery but your strengths and weaknesses in this movie as you see them oh um casting
1: and the score are the things i keep coming back to Mm because there's just so many lovely little moments that are only just because of the performance. I actually really like Dustin Hoffman in this, and I don't care for him in most things.
0: Also, like when does Isabel Hubert get to ever play comedic roles? Right. right. And yet
1: still not play out of type. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. both comedic oh, and yet yeah. extremely in type. So well. And she gets a sex thing. She so gets a sex
2: thing. And it's funny. She doesn't right.
1: have to
0: shave her legs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's just I just want her to say, like, double down on like the French kind of nihilism and just injected it into my veins. Like that's that's just wonderful. I think if you don't necessarily watch this in a certain age range,
0: you mm. might just think of it as fluff. Is this or... the goonies for uh early 20s millennials? No, I think that's before sunrise. Oh. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> but then they they they, you know, followed it with two more films that make you go, "Oh shit." That was actually yeah. great at capturing what that age was. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas I don't think this thing is being like we're not actually deep. Like I think it thinks it's deeper than it is. Okay. In a but also doesn't take itself seriously. It, it walks that line very well. I don't know. Maybe I just have a soft spot bef- for this because I was deconstructing my everyday rural maine reality <laughs> uh-huh. when i was watching it and i hadn't actually seen that many other experimental movies or indie movies or you know it's kind of just weird i i I saw the cover and i liked it and it's it's very that cover is also very that kind of pastiche of a cover is also very of that time yeah. even having i heart huckabees instead of and it's it's otherwise listed as i love huckabees mm-hmm. uh, instead of i heart huckabees i found out and i was like what why why Um, but even that in and of itself is so, I I mean, that, that version of John is going to exist forever (laughs) and, and I'm glad that there's a movie that, that coincided with
2: it. We talk about this a lot on this podcast. How sometimes we'll watch a movie, and one of us will say, "Like, I'm glad you made me watch it again because it was something I would never have gotten back around to mm. otherwise." Which this is 100 percent that.
0: If you hadn't picked this movie for the podcast, I don't know when I would have revisited it. Yeah, like I'd only here. seen it once before. I know mean, that's sort of the fun part of a uh, guest fest 2019 mm-hmm. is that all the movies the guests have picked, I had no intention of rewatching soon. <laughs> But I've been pleasantly surprised by each and every viewing.
1: John, do you have anything that you want to plug? Well, until my Amway play is winning a Tony, (laughs) I would say just check me out on uh, Twitter. Uh, It's John, C O O N S like raccoons. Uh, I'm apparently somebody who gets screen grabbed now and put into joke aggregators. (laughs) So, you know, get in now while my stock is low. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that seems to be the place to track all of my
0: opinions and mm-hmm, thoughts mm-hmm. and then for us all the standard usual stuff follow us on twitter at x Rated movies follow us on facebook at rated x movies get us on email movies at gmail.com go to our website xratedmovies.com and of course leave us love on all usual places including but not limited to apple podcast stitcher and wherever you find your fine podcasts. You did that all by yourself. Well, we got to get the fuck out of here. (laughs)
2: Uh, Next week. I'm not sure who our guest is going to (laughs) be. So so it'll be a surprise guest. Yeah, hold on to your your seats. I have an idea, but I need to lock some things in. Didn't realize the logistics on Guest Fest 2019 were going to be this difficult. I don't know how podcasts (laughs) who
0: always have guests do it. What the
2: fuck? Oh, like, my
0: God. If John wasn't coming to town,
2: I don't know who would be here. <laughs> oh, you're like, next week, this lamp. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming on, John. Thanks yeah, thank you for coming me. on. It was wonderful um, Until next week. Keep reaching for that rainbow.